The key to enjoying a cigar is that it works in your plans, the overall plan of what you have for the day. Sometimes you're looking forward to it all day. You've worked all day and you're looking forward to getting in the lounge and seeing uh, your friends. Sometimes you know it's after dinner. You're going to be on the back deck. And sometimes you end up in your garage because your favorite cigar lounge has a flood. That's today. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And we are doing the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. Now, this came to us through a sampler pack from Cigar Rights of America. And I am a huge fan of Cigar Rights of America. Full disclosure, they're not a sponsor of the show. They should be, but they're not a sponsor of the show. But what they do is they're, they're on Capitol Hill. They're in Washington, D.C., and they're lobbying for the rights of cigar smokers and the places where you go, the cigar lounges. And this was in the sample pack, and your tobacconist might have it. It's definitely a good buy because it supports Cigar Rights of America. And again, not a sponsor. We just like the work that they do. So when you see the Jaime Garcia, J-A-I-M-E, it's not Jamie, it's Jaime. Jaime Garcia, this is from the people who do My Father's Cigars, which I really enjoy. You can see this in one of two days. You can see, One of two ways. You can see this as the Connecticut or the Connecticut Broadleaf. The Connecticut Broadleaf is that dark, oily, rich wrapper. It's got a little touch of, of the spice in it as Fingers Malloy likes to, to dream about. It's a terrific wrapper. This is a true Connecticut wrapper. So it's that very, very pale or light brown, but still feels good in the hand. You can actually see a little bit of the leaf going on in here. This is a perfect morning cigar. This is a perfect with coffee cigar. And after so many changes in what we were going to do today, I just didn't want anything to overwhelm. I just wanted to enjoy fingers. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to with this. Now, we had done, uh, it's been a while, I feel like, since we've done a, a a Connecticut wrapper. And the last one we did, it was almost green. That if was you, a Candela oh, was. wrapper from Camacho. Okay. I so when it, when it has that green tint, that's a Candela wrapper. A little bit different than what we're talking about here, a different sweetness. This is an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Nicaraguan in the binder and the filler. This cigar is a five and a half by 52. So it's five and a half inches long. Tee Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And 52 is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, how thick it is around. Tee Now, you're going to find this at an outrageous price point. But first, let's get into what it is we're smoking. First third, second third, final third. What is it that you get? You break your cigars up. In that way, make sure you've written it down in your notebook. What'd you eat that day? What'd you drink that day? I will tell you, having to make the move from the cigar lounge back here changes your attitude because you had a plan. And then the plan gets screwed up and you're like, mother! Oh, I thought you were going to say you got some food between going to the cigar lounge and then coming back home. Like no, no, I, 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 I did eat. I did not drive through it. I, I, I did eat because we made, as we do maybe once every other week, uh, we either sometimes do it as a rib roast or we do it as a top round and we do it in the oven because I don't have a grill. Don't even talk to me about it. And uh, high heat, you bring it up to 500. Then when you put it in, it's at 475, six minutes per pound when it's like a five pound piece. So it's about 30 minutes. Turn off the oven, leave it in the oven for two and a half hours. Perfect medium. Perfect, perfect medium. Salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of garlic, uh, uh, a crust all the way around. And so I had some of that oh. when I got home. That's where I was. So I do have a little bit of salt going on, on on the palate here. But you'll notice that this cigar, even though it is a very, it's a, for me, a very, very mild, 
it does have a good, good flavor uh, to it. Um, the guys over at halfwheel.com referred to it as cereal. And I don't know if they mean like a Honey Nut Cheerios or a Cheerios in general or a cornflake, but the idea of that just touch sweet, touch bright, not overwhelming, I think is an absolutely perfect description of where you are in the first third of the cigar. Yeah, for me, you know, there was a little bit of spice that I wasn't expecting, uh, you know, uh, and then from there, kind of a grassy uh, sweetness for yeah. me. That Those are the notes that I'm getting from this cigar. It's very pleasant. One of the things I'm noting is where we're smoking, which is in, in my garage, because I have not yet built the place we're going to eventually call the Haven. There are no smoke eaters in here. Yeah. So the smoke is lingering yeah. right in front of me. It's a very <laughs> different experience. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that all too well. We're, we're, we're actually building out a very, very cool studio that's going to, going to work great for us. This cigar has good smoke. It's got a good bit of cream. This is the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. I think very often when people think the mild cigars, the cigars that look in this kind of pale, pale brown, and they like, oh, no, that's not going to have good flavor. No, it's not going to be. That's not it at all. There are cigars far more flavorful than this, but at a price point that can have you between 7 and $8 a stick, go ahead. Oh, that's amazing. No, that's a great price point for this stick. And uh, to me, uh, what I'm going to find interesting is, you know, I, I'm pairing it right now with a, a Diet Coke. Uh, Which is a fine thing to do. You don't have this. If you're going to you pair it with a bourbon, pair it with a coffee. Diet Coke just has a very clean taste to it. I think Diet Coke works extremely well with a cigar. Personally. Yeah, but some people don't feel that way. And I, I agree with you. Uh, and we still haven't done the uh, cream soda that I've been trying to get you to pair a cigar so, with. Yeah, but it's a bourbon cream soda. Yeah, bourbon and, I, cream soda. and I'm not so sure I want that shtick in my life. I'd rather have this stick in my life. The Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. Um, it's it's coming in a really in, in with that little touch of cream to it, um, but more in like one bigger note is what you're getting here. I don't think you're ever going to find it to kind of move in a couple of different directions. That's not particularly a bad thing don't get don't get me wrong as we go through the cigar of course things change the second third is different the, the final third is different as well but this is one of those cigars that you keep in the humidor for the yard work but you still want something that's worthwhile this is one of those cigars when you've got a group of people that you know but you don't know but you kind of know and you want to make sure it's just a touch nicer this absolutely works. The my father people, I, I think, are, are are terrific at what they do, and at a at such an easy introductory price point, they don't miss here. What's a a great thing for this stick would be if you got yourself some morning coffee and you're on the first tee and yeah. you're getting ready to tee off. And you do you want have a, coffee when you're golfing? It depends. I mean, when I have an early tee time, yeah, I drink coffee. Do you really? Oh well, yeah. You know. You get, you got to wake up. I had, not, I had not considered that people do that. But if you're somebody who does a cigar in the morning, I can see this. Now, you are right, Fingers. There's a little more spice going on actually back of the tongue, which is really interesting, than I was expecting in, in, in this cigar. So now it's hitting for me a second note. I thought I was going to be a little more one note uh, throughout. This is not, this, this is enjoyable. But again, the whole day, there was a plan and, and then the plan goes to bloody heck when the plan goes to bloody heck bloody heck you want something that you can rely on 
And I think this is one of those cigars that you can rely on. And in a, in a, in a pinch, a cigar that handles a specific low cost need. Um, I think you're right with it. You will never, you will never see somebody laugh at you because you have these in your humidor. Let's be clear. Right. And what an even burn so far and really a lot of pleasant smoke coming off of this for seven, $8 a stick. I think that this is a steal. Yeah. And the construction is right on. This draw is absolutely positively perfect. It's a straight cut that we did pretty shallow, uh, Nice and easy. This is the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. This is the Connecticut. And this, well, this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow the Eat, Drink, Smoke show on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just in case you think you have the perfect life and you've got it all set up and you've got it all situated and nothing could be finer. Jerry Seinfeld is going to direct and star in a new Netflix film called Unfrosted about the creation of the Pop-Tart. And once again, this round goes to Jerry. <laughs> Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. I'm going to watch it. I know I'm going to watch it. I hate myself for watching it. I'm going to eat Pop-Tarts while I watch it. This is brilliant. Why would you hate yourself for watching it? Because it's about a Pop-Tart. So what? It's Jerry Seinfeld. You know it's going to be good. I mean, how many projects have you seen Jerry Seinfeld, Seinfeld say that five times fast, do, and afterwards you say to yourself, ah, that, that sucked. You ever see that set at Dangerfields? Woo! <laughs> wow. By the way, how much did I just date myself and <laughs> reference myself yeah, you got to be from a certain part of the country that danger fields. Good Lord. Unfortunately, as we get older, I, I it really makes me upset that there's a large segment of this audience that will probably have to Google danger field because they won't know Rodney Dangerfield. Well, there's a whole and, and, and that, that we're not insulting. Things have changed. So I uh, on, on my radio shows that I do in Indianapolis, I had a comic on who I, who I won't mention right now. And I asked how comedy is in this, in this world, but this was still a couple of years ago. And he said, the weirdest thing is that you no longer have to be a road comic. All you have to do is be good on YouTube. You're good on YouTube and you will do a 5,000 person show. And there is no working out the material in the clubs. And there's no working with others and kind of learning other styles and seeing people who, you know, now this is me talking, flat out steal from you or do these other things. And I think there's something to being on, on the road. I think there's something to that for a lot of these comics that, that really and truly help them create what, what is simple, what I would describe as simply better because if you show me and that's not that there aren't good comics in today's world, but the great comics that came out of the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, it wasn't great because they were first. They were actually greats. Yeah, it's interesting if you sit down and actually think about how they build their audience now in 2021. Because like you said, you had to get stage time and you had to develop your act over you know many years for, for a lot of these guys and gals. And- you would build up credibility that way, you know, get going on the road, building your act and then making a name for yourself. But if you do it on YouTube and then you get your credibility through YouTube without having an audience, a live audience in front of you, it makes me wonder 
and I haven't seen, I'll be honest, I have not gone to a comedy club in a long time and, and seen some of these younger comics who have grown up right. in this generation and have developed their acts that way. But it makes me wonder if they are as quick on their feet, if they're as good with interacting with the audience, if you have developed a lot of your material, not by going on the road, but developing your act on YouTube. I've done stand-up comedy and I, I was doing Tell us it. a joke. Make me laugh. Tell us a joke. Make me laugh. Stand-up comics don't tell jokes. Oh, they don't? No, they don't say two uh, so-and-sos walked into a bar. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that one. See? Yeah. Hey, stop me if you've heard this. Uh, no, you, you, <laughs> you, you, got, you write bits and you, you got you know, the idea that you, I don't know how you can, and this is a generational thing, be a, as an effective comic if you, Build all of your cred on YouTube. Yeah, but I think there's two parts to that, right? So there's, and by the way, I noticed that I've been saying right a lot. Like in the middle of a thing, I'll be like, right? I do that a lot too. Um, if I do that, guys, punch me. <laughs> I am trying so hard to break that out, out of my life. It's, I, every time I say it, I feel a little cheaper inside, like I gave it up for 10 bucks. Like I just, <laughs> I just feel all sorts of dirty. So first, there's the idea of how do you work out what is a, a real act? And secondly, how do you do anything in a society where laughter is harder and offense become, is, is, is an easier thing to do? It, no matter who you are on the political spectrum, you see it. You see it and you're aware of it and, and you got to wonder and you're hearing more and more comics talk about this. What, what are we supposed to do? Go, perform on a college campus? right. When, when, see, <laughs> but there it fit like there, the right worked out. I get that one. It made sense. It flowed because there are people who want to be angry and maybe we, you and I, because we, we both do radio shows, mine in Indianapolis, yours in, in Michigan. We see this maybe more than other people because we're around that more. We're, we're, our job is to observe that a little bit more. They want to be angry because somehow the, the anger gives them a sense of value and purpose. And isn't the point of, of, of the laughter of the comic to hear the observation of the thing and be like, yeah, that happens. That is very funny. That's right. That's very funny. Like, isn't that the, isn't that the point? Yeah, you're a stand-up comic, and you're writing material that you believe is funny and will kill on stage. And you've got to worry about each and every individual filter in the audience and how they're going to try to figure out a way to turn that into some sort of childhood experience uh, that makes them feel offended by your material. Uh, to me, you mentioned college campuses and how I mean comics in the 80s and the 90s it was like they made a ton of money on the college circuit and then also corporate gigs mm -hmm. and now go try to do a corporate gig and they've got okay before you go on here's a list of 30 things you can't talk about i think that seinfeld has so very well cracked the code and it's all by accident i'm not discussing whether or not he, he's a good comic or whether he's built his craft and really worked on it and then was able to turn that show into such a juggernaut and has managed to continue to stay on top of, of, of his game. But I don't know if Bernie Mac were alive today, he would be accepted. And if you go back and watch Bernie Mac, Bernie Mac, uh, he 
he, he had a show in the, in the, in the, was it the early 2000s? Maybe the late 90s television show, Bernie Mac show. He was a comic. He, he came up with, with guys like Steve Harvey, black comic. He had a routine that was so, it, it wasn't just raw. His whole desire, like whatever rage was going on in him, he played into this, I'm tired of you blanker blankers, and would go into another rant, and then he would come back to that line. There's no way he is in in this in this world, but I would have I would love to see it. Yeah. The, the, and so with with Seinfeld, I think it's just his, his style of comedy just happened to move throughout the generations. Could Richard Pryor do it now? Could Richard Pryor do it now? Because uh, talk about a guy who would be like, screw it, I don't care. Boom, right, think, right to it. I think if you have an established name like Richard Pryor or Dave Chappelle, I mean, you watch Dave Chappelle's comedy specials and he he does not care. Bill Burr is enough. Bill Burr but Bill Burr takes fearless. hits, man. Bill Burr takes hits. And I will tell you, I mean, we got to get more into this. What Chappelle did with um, uh, the, the Bird Revelation, if you ever saw that on Netflix, that is Lenny Bruce. That is catharsis. That man had a, he was having a, a therapy session with the audience. That audience didn't even have to be there. He still would have done the same thing. It was incredible to witness. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Tony Katz, that's me. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial is what we are smoking. Now, I said that this was a five and a half by 52. I was doing a little more research. They say that is the Bellicoso size that would actually almost look like a torpedo, that this is actually the Toro six by 54. I'm telling you, that's not a 54 ring gauge. It's freaking me out. So if you happen to see the Toro as a six by 54, not a five and a half by 52, that's going to be my mistake. This is a six by 54. It just, I think this is, I think that's a missized cigar right there. Either way, very, very easy and enjoyable. Exactly what we thought it was. A touch of that spice is there. You got um, a, a good bit of that, of, of the smoke coming off this is absolutely positively uh, a fan, fantastic going on right here. And I think, what the guys at halfwheel.com said about cereal, it's a really interesting way uh, to, to put that. Maybe, maybe it's a touch bread. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's, it's a touch cookie, not necessarily sugar cookie, but an easy, easy going smoke. Yeah, and uh, you know that, that mild spice is still there for me. Uh, there's some creamy notes, but again, we've talked about it before about how what you've had to eat that particular day may have an influence on um, what you're getting out of the cigar and maybe what I ate before we started today. Should we play? It's time for America's favorite game, everybody. What did Fingers Malloy eat today? Now, as you know, Fingers Malloy is willing to put almost anything into his mouth. And when you hear what he eats, you will ask what I ask. Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? Well, Fingers, well, what did you eat today? <clears throat> well, I started off the day with a liter of Diet Pepsi. Let's start. Let's just say, you know, we don't hear, need to hear anymore. Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? <laughs> okay, the liter of Diet Pepsi. Yeah, and then three donuts. I had... Uh, Hold on. <laughs> I, all right, no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll save my questions till the end. 
Uh, one do- donut was uh, chocolate frosting with nuts on it. Uh, one was a glazed, and the third was uh, the the cream filled Long John with uh, with chocolate icing on top. Right, right. Well, of course. Yeah, and then for lunch, um, I had you know those. I, I don't. It know would have what- been better if you said, and then for breakfast. <laughs> Then for lunch, I got a package out of the vending machine of, uh, have you seen these? They're like pecan rolls. Not like, there's pecan spirals, I think they're called. Oh, I've seen them. Emphasis on seen them. So so you had a package of those, did you? There were three of those in the package. Oh, good. Yeah, and then I had to chase those um, with a fun size bag of Fritos and um, a, another Diet Pepsi because, you know, a liter of Pepsi only goes so far. So I had an, another 20-ounce bottle of Diet Pepsi. I haven't had dinner yet. Okay, let's ask the question. Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? I did two squat thrusts today and a sit-up. I'm feeling fantastic. <laughs> it blows my mind. Uh, I, 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 remind me to get into a conversation about suits. We had brought it up. Uh, the uh, the other day, I want to I want to share a, a follow up to that, uh, like the suit that you wear, like right, like the the the, the fancy stuff. That, oh, that, that fingers doesn't wear that the rest of us may wear from time to time. Wear a track suit, you know, for, for Thanksgiving. You need a little extra room when you eat. Adidas would make a great sponsor of the Eastern <laughs> Smoke Radio Show. But this cigar, <laughs> yes. Look how even that burn is. Yeah, it's really it's it's working. It's very well constructed, and again. Lots of pleasant smoke coming off of this. Neither one of us, I, I think I've seen you relight yours once. I haven't had to relight mine at all. Just a touch up. Just a touch up is all I did. Yeah. So, I mean, this, for $7? Seven, eight bucks. Yeah. It's a steal. Yeah. This is, this is enjoyable. Please don't get me wrong. There are, are, are cigars out there that are going to give you more flavor and have a lot more to work with. But easy, simple, man. Easy, simple, and and it's there. It's not like you're smoking it just because, oh, well, I had to smoke something. No, no, no. No, you picked something. The Jaime Garcia, J-A-I-M-E, Jaime Garcia, Reserva Especial, Connecticut. Not the Connecticut Broadleaf. That's a different cigar. Also definitely worth trying. This, the Connecticut, that pale brown wrapper. It's working, working well. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Well, I know a lot of people out there don't necessarily start their day with a liter of Diet Pepsi. What? That's what I'm told. What are they, health nuts? I guess. They don't follow the, the Fingers gym Malloy. Fix. Yeah, they don't follow the Fingers Malloy food pyramid. Uh, so <laughs> they drink coffee. Right. Well, some good news. Consuming four or five eight-ounce cups of coffee a day has been associated with reduced risk rates of uh, liver disease. Everything we have been told is wrong. Never mind that the food pyramid is wrong. Now, maybe it works for you. I'm saying that the idea that you have to have all of those grains, if I had all those grains, I wouldn't be able to walk. I'd be a mess. I don't eat them. I don't eat them at all. The food pyramid doesn't work for everybody. You got you to gotta do the things that work for you. But remember when they told us too much coffee was bad for you? Too many eggs? Eggs were bad for you? This, 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 this isn't the case. This isn't the case. The, the, the science will consistently change and move. Uh, and I think it's up to us to, to make decisions about, okay, this works for me and this doesn't work for me. And I feel good when I eat this. And I feel terrible when I eat that. And forget the rest and forget the doctors. <laughs> There's something to be said. Look, I get my blood checked every year and my cholesterol is fine. Uh, my blood pressure is fine. And you hear what I consume. And yet everything... 
tests great, not on any kind of uh, medication or anything, but this coffee stuff, I mean, it's not just liver uh, prevents uh, possible liver disease. Also, uh, it lowers your risk of Parkinson's disease, melanoma, even prostate cancer. So coffee may actually be very good for you. How does it affect? I got to look that one up. Melanoma, we're talking about skin cancer. Yes. It's the New how? York Times. It's the New York Times, Tony. They're reporting how, it. How? See, like, like if, you, if you tell me that, that it has an effect on, on those body pro- all right, all right, the skin is the largest organ in, in the body. So, okay, may, maybe it does connect that way. It just seems so, that seems so incredibly random of a thing that you have less of a chance of melanoma. Yeah. Huh. But that's another thing too. You know, we always talk about how you know you need to make sure to get a colonoscopy after a certain age. One thing that a lot of people don't seem to do is have a regular checkup with the dermatologist, which is something you really need to do because it's. So it's, that is on my list. The colonoscopy is not. I am not yet of the age, and I've asked. No, no, no. You're fine. Okay. I was okay. supposed to have one last year, my first. Yeah. Uh, but then COVID hit, and it got canceled. Uh, but, uh, no, I've, I've, I've seen, uh, you know, my, my father just went through one, uh, and, uh, the, the prep, uh, it's not pleasant. By the way, everybody tuned in to eat, drink, smoke to hear about colonoscopies. <laughs> this is how good we are at connecting w- with the audience. But you said something that I think is very weird and we're just going to start seeing this now. The amount of people because of COVID that put off some of those checkups, that are going to come back to cause them problems. We don't know the damage. We've been saying this for a while. We don't know the damage that we've done. There was a study. I forget who did the study right now. 44% of Americans say they hit their emotional rock bottom during this past year. And to an extent, you can kind of understand that. And then you ask yourself, wait, this was the emotional rock bottom? Look, I'm not saying COVID was bad. I'm not saying, and, and you know that I'm not somebody who was okay with, with, with lockdowns. I don't think that was the right thing to do. But it, it, it was rough. Your emotional rock bottom. I, I don't want to mock these people. It's just something about that, like the people who didn't get checked, like you, that gives me a sense of concern. Well, I can see the rock bottom, uh, emotional rock bottom, if you were someone who owned a restaurant or a bar. Okay, you win that round. You're absolutely right. I'm not putting into context the things that may have been taken from people. And then we can argue whether, you know, that makes sense or, well, maybe that shouldn't be the thing. I I just, sometimes I want to see people be able to be strong enough to handle things, you know? And, And you compare it to other things that have happened in world history and, Emotional rock bottom. I don't know. It's just something about that. And I'm not trying to be rude. It's just, am I the only one who thinks that maybe that's, maybe that's indicative of another problem in the U.S.? I'm not sure. You tell me. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Remember, you can find our reviews on cigars, bourbon, and food over at our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Your whiskey is getting cheaper. And thank goodness, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz, that's me. That is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com and get the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible is where you get that. Stitcher, Google Play, all of the rest. It's free, don't you know? The U.S. government removing the tariffs it placed on Scottish whiskey. I love how it's written. This is from the Foundation for Economic Education. 
F-E-E, fee.org. They call it Scottish whiskey. Don't you know? So there had been this whole back and forth with tariffs and the bourbon tariff to Europe almost went up to 50%, which would have been brutal, but they were able to hold this off. Now they are getting rid of that tariff on Scotch whiskey. Absolutely good news for those of us who want to buy it. It is really good news, but I'm not one of these people that ever says there should be a law. But you know how there was this push for a while for restaurants, especially fast food restaurants, to put the nutritional value of their food, their menu items out for everyone to see. Right. I really wish, and this would never happen because this would be something that would be exposing government. I would love for liquor stores to have the price of the item. Scottish whiskey, and then right next to it, what the tariff that you're paying is, or what, what the, taxes? the taxes are on on the product. I would just to see so for Americans to see how much of what they are paying is actually going to taxes. I love every bit of that because you, pe- people should know. There's this whole theory that if people had to pay all of the taxes that they pay throughout a year, like in a paycheck, at the end of the year they'd realize what they're paying and then people would just be like, oh, holy hell. Oh, no, we're not doing that. Well, I don't want any part of that. It would change how people would would look at taxes. I think that's a brilliant idea, a spectacular idea. But this this makes me happy. I'm, I'm glad to see the cost going down. I'm glad to see that it's something that's more accessible. And I was very happy to see Europe not go forward with that tariff because while we're seeing the growth, in the United States, and we're seeing uh, the distilleries expand. I think Heaven Hill is, is is now expanding, and their visitor center and everything else. They have been hurt in in the European sales, and I want them to be able to have more and more opportunity in those sales. No one has been hurt more than Britney Spears. Now, you think this is a story about Britney Spears? This is a story about whether or not someone can have control of their own life. So, the Britney story is that Britney went a little nutty. And Brittany went a little nutty. And so her father ended up taking over her financial situation, right? Or which they call a conservatorship. Well, the problem is Britney Spears, for lack of a better word, not being an expert is fine. And there was this whole thing on Netflix that showed that she got kind of railroaded or maybe a lot railroaded. Maybe, maybe I'm underplaying it. I don't mean to. She wants control of her money. And which she earned, she wants control of her future, and she's having to go to court to to make this happen. Now, the fact that it's Britney Spears is bringing a lot of people's attention to it, but in 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 this bigger sense, one that that a person has to work so hard to have control of their life. Picture somebody else having your control of your financial future, control of your dollars. Like where where I think what happens is you have to, she kind of has to go to him to see what she can spend on, or she gets like a certain level of, of, of allowance and isn't able to use her, her money uh, as, as you know, she sees fit. And this has been in place since 2008. It's 2021. Maybe there comes a moment where the stuff has to stop. Yeah. I mean, according to uh, this yahoo.com piece, she gets a $2,000 weekly allowance. Listen, I know a lot of people read that and say, "Oh, poor Brittany." Well, you go two thousand dollars a month uh, a, a week is a lot of money, but 
my goodness, she worked very hard to create a lot of wealth. She built her career, and now she's being told as a grown adult that she has to get an allowance uh, from her, basically from her dad. Uh, and then there's there, there are other accusations, you know, that that you know she's not allowed to get married or have children, and it's a whole really weird, strange thing going on here that uh, people are really talking about. Down to the point where she can't change the color of her kitchen cabinets without her father's approval. That's how do you say you live in America when you you, you can't do these things and and. How do you go about proving this to a court? I'm not saying she didn't have a problem. She shaved her head and she beat up a car with a with 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 an umbrella, and un, that's only what we saw. I don't know what else uh, uh, happened uh, uh, out there. She actually alleges that she was forced into a mental health facility against her will, and that everything was exaggerated. That she's sometimes forced to work, and she was forced to work with 104 degree fever again. I don't know. I can't prove any of this, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to say that I have the ability to be to to go out there and say, "Oh, I, I believe Brittany on on everything." But people have to be able to run their own lives. She's an adult. She 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 should have control of of her life. But the idea of it, the I I knew that there was a conservatorship in place because I, I pay attention to things. I I knew that. I thought it was just controlling the overall finances. I didn't know it was a conversation of her father dictating every part of her life. And enriching himself in the process. I mean, the, the piece goes on to say that her father receives around $16,000 per month and an additional $2,000 for office rent. And that's according to the New York Times. So he gets 16000 Per month off of all of the hard work that she's done over the years, and she gets two thousand a week. How would that make you? How would that not make you ridiculously bitter? Wait, her her father is Jamie, and her sister is Jamie Lynn. I thought they were talking about the sister here. He gets sixteen thousand a month to be in control of her life. Britney's father, Jamie Spears, was assigned to manage her affairs in two thousand eight after her public breakdown and hospitalization. According to records, she was only given a $2,000 weekly allowance despite earning millions from her successful Las Vegas residence. Jamie reportedly receives around $16,000 per month, an additional $2,000 for office rent. Uh, she's, She's right. She's right, and it's why you're seeing more and more people come out in in favor in favor of her because i think this it's a bigger conversation than 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 Britney Spears it's it's this conversation of even if you have some some bad times you're allowed to overcome it you're allowed to overcome it and get back to your life and have full control of your life the idea the idea of my father my dad right my 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 dad's alive and well at 83 and but the idea of him controlling what what I do and what I spend my money on, the man can't program his TV. The, <laughs> the, the idea that I, that that he oh, it, it is it's it's creepy that these kinds of things happen and there, there are stories out there like that where these things kind of fall through the, through the cracks and 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 how do you feel like you have any way out? You're you're begging to a court to be able to have control of your life and and. It's not how we view America. It's absolutely not how we view America at all. 
if you if you do happen to have uh, the the money to spend on your own, don't spend too much of it. But get the My Pillow immediately, if not sooner. The My Pillow definitely changed the way that I sleep. Never goes flat. I get a great night's sleep every night. No sore necks, no headaches, and I don't feel like I need a nap, even though I've slept all night. And you can get a premium My Pillow, the queen size, for only twenty nine ninety eight. King pillows are just $5 more. All you have to do is use promo code Tony. Go to MyPillow.com, which is backed with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com, and you'll see that radio listener square. Just put Tony in there. Click on that and put in Tony, T-O-N-Y, and you're going to be able to take advantage of the discounts on MyPillow products like the Giza Dream bed sheets and the new MySlippers. Get your premium MyPillow today, $29.98. Use promo code Tony. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Tony. Smoking the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. I'm into the second, third. Nice, easy smoke. Just a little touch of that spice that really moves. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. There are bourbons, and then there are bourbons. And I know that sounds like a weird thing to say. And the truth is, I have no idea to tell you which one you like more than any other. Why some bourbons get crazy fame and other bourbons don't. And then there are bourbons from like the moment they come out, they come on the scene, people are like, this, this is special. That's very much what has happened with horse soldier bourbon. It's eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Now, horse soldier is the story of uh, those members of the U.S. military who, after September 11th, got dropped into Afghanistan to go get Osama bin Laden. And the only way to get to where they were going was by horse. And they came back and created this distillery and created horse soldier bourbon. There are different kinds, three different kinds of horse soldier bourbon. This is the reserve at 111 proof. Always, you can put your cigar down and then... Gets the applause from Fingers Malloy right here. Now, when we do bourbon, we always start with it neat, take a look at it, and then see where it is on the nose, see where it is on the palate, and then we decide whether we're going to add a cube, whether we're going to add a big rock, just a little bit of cool water, whatever the case may be. Water certainly brings down the proof of a bourbon, but it also changes the complexity of the bourbon, changes what it is you're dealing with. And to be bourbon, of course, it's 51% corn. American, I shouldn't say American oak, but oak, charred oak, first use of barrels. It is the American drink. You can only dilute it with water to bring down the proof. That is it. Nothing else can happen to change what a bourbon is. And when it is true, when Horse Soldier hit, we, we were reviewing it. Uh, they, we've done things with them on the show before, but it's been in my liquor cabinet for a good long time, and I haven't tried the reserve in over a year. I figured now was a good time to pull it out and, and give it a shot. It's, it's a lovely amber, a touch of red uh, going on there. Uh, I should say golden with a touch of red as opposed to maybe a, a full-on amber. Uh, but it looks great, and as you, uh, we're using a rocks glass usually. We use the Glencairn glass, Fingers Malloy. Uh, sticks to the glass just a little bit. I've seen uh, bourbons that have a, a higher viscosity, a thickness to it. Uh, but that nose is big, son. Yes, that nose it is. is right big. Now, the other thing I think we should mention before we try this is the bottle. The bottle is a work of art. It really is. So it's, 
it's not that it's statuesque in terms of tall, but how they have uh, uh, their 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 logo kind of etched, or I should say, raised into the glass, and then the label itself is it almost looks like steel, and with a soldier of uh, old school style on a horse, and how it's kind of stamped on there, like like a metal stamp, like if you ever took one of those pennies and you ran it through the machine to flatten it out. It's, it has that kind of feel to it. It is beautiful. It's, it is absolutely beautiful. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know we, we did a horse soldier bourbon uh, back in the day, but wasn't there something about the mold for the bottle that they used wreckage from 9-11? They may have. I mean, there's a lot of connections to these guys and, and, and keeping with the theme of America and, and keeping to the ideas of, of the honoring that, that they chose to do. They also managed to make a bourbon that people absolutely talk about and and rave about and that nose as we're as we're discussing it that is big there's a lot of flavor going on there's a cherry that is pretty prominent i would argue uh, in 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 that nose it's it's a sweet cherry as opposed to maybe like dark just solely dark fruits but definitely dark fruit comes out yeah there's definitely a sweetness uh the cherry that comes also the wood uh there's a woodiness to it as well uh very pleasant on the nose now uh, we do this neat, yeah. We and do. then we, <laughs> and then we decide what we're going to bring it to. You ready, fingers, Malloy? Oh, I've been ready for this all day, Tony. <laughs> Go to it. He's taking his sip. When you move it around uh, the palate, it's referred to as the Kentucky Chew. You want to get it to get all the taste buds. Sometimes you want to do two sips. The first one really to kind of set uh, the palate right, and then you can understand more of the flavors in the second go round. You're right. Oh, you're happy. Oh, fingers it is happy. It is beautiful. Okay, first of all, because it is 111 proof, you are going to get some sting on the tongue. But what you're also going to get is that fruit, whether you would call it a a raisiny cherry kind of flavor, there's definitely uh, a a sweetness, uh, like uh, maybe a a caramel. Um, The wood is there as well. For me, no burn going down. All the sting is on the tongue. This... This is wonderful. Let me go. All right, I'm ready. I'm doing oh, this. I'm doing it. To your health, everybody. He's going Horse in. Soldier Reserve right here. He's going in. He's doing the Memphis Munch. That's not a thing. Oh, look at that. I just broke my glass. My glass is broken. Look at that. Ooh. Ooh. First, that's all over the tongue. <laughs> ah. That is all over the tongue right there. The heat, there is nothing on the burn going down, but the heat is throughout the chest, well distributed. Really? From side to side. Uh, it's big. That is hot, and that is big right there. It is screaming for me for a cube. I'm not even going to waste time. <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest. I'm torn. I'm less of a man than you are. That's, that's all there is to it. I'm torn. Usually... I go to a cube right away because I, it's just my nature. It has nothing to do with bourbon. I just like my beverage is cold. Uh, but boy, this is so good neat. I don't know if I'm going to add. I, I guess I have to because it's my job. But right Toughest now. Toughest job <laughs> in the world. But right. Cigars and bourbon and wait till you see what we're eating today. Spectacular. This is, this is so good, Tony. But the question always comes up. How much does it cost? According to TotalWine.com, this is $85.99 a bottle. $85.99. Let's just call it $86 because we're amongst friends. $86 for the horse soldier uh, uh, 
reserve. Um, where, now, now it's funny. I, I, over there at Total Wine, they refer to it as the horse soldier signature barrel uh, strength uh, on the horse soldier uh, site. Uh, again, uh, barrel strength straight bourbon whiskey is is what they call it. So this is the barrel strength. I should be clear about that. Um, uh, so the horse soldier barrel strength, eighty six dollars fingers. I will say, you know, we always talk about value, and I always try to stay under forty dollars a bottle. Uh, but for a special occasion, I'm all in. Oh, with eighty six dollars a bottle. Uh, it's not usually something I would spend, but I'm all in on this. It's it's very good. Cube brought down the heat, brought out a bit of apple, brought out a bit of those, of that orchard kind of uh, kind of feel. Big, big, big bourbon. I wouldn't call it a a sweet bourbon. I'd call it a big bourbon. So if you're somebody who is a fan of of the bourbon in bourbon, and there's definitely some oak in there as well. Uh, this 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 is all right. This is is, is all right. Now, okay, but at eighty six dollars a bottle for you. 86 bucks is tough anyway around. And, and for me, I can't tell you that it's in my liquor cabinet at 86. I can tell you that I'm not going to turn it down when the opportunity uh, presents itself. And I think that's why I don't go to it very often. I tell you, I haven't had it in a year. I haven't had it in a year, but I'm glad that I have it. And this bottle for me and the way I drink and, and, and having friends over, things like that, it might take a while to go through. Somebody who likes a more passionate bourbon a stronger bourbon i can see them utilizing this and as a gift yeah you can't go wrong the horse soldier the barrel strength reserve uh you are gonna want to try it this is eat drink smoke follow eat drink smoke on social media on twitter at go eat drink smoke on facebook facebook.com slash eat drink smoke and instagram at eat drink smoke podcast the most frightening story came out this week, and it's about Subway sandwiches. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz and America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, right there. There had long been a story, an urban myth, if you will, that the tuna sandwich from Subway wasn't actually tuna, and people had sued over this before, and nothing ever came of it. The tuna sandwich not actually tuna, and people said, stop it. What are we talking about here? What kind of craziness is all this? This is ridiculous. Well, the New York Times grabbed samples of tuna from three different Subway sandwich shops. Three different Subway sandwich shops, and they sent them to a lab. They said, hey, why don't you tell us what is in this tuna sandwich? And according to the New York Times, and according to the lab, and I'm quoting here, there is, quote, no amplifiable tuna DNA present in the sample, meaning it isn't tuna. Now, before anything happens, before we get sued, allow me to say, allegedly. Thank you. <laughs> our lawyers were very, very clear. Allegedly, there is no identifiable tuna. Subway says that it uses uh, skipjack and yellowfin, tu yellowfin tuna. There is, quote, simply no truth to the allegations, unquote. Well, let me tell you. If the New York Times is going to print that story, or any newspaper is going to print that story, and it is tuna, Subway is going to own the New York Times. It's going to be the New York Times 
all the news that's fit to print <laughs> brought to you by Subway. Eat fresh. Right? Eat fresh. <laughs> the New York Times, eat fresh. Right? They, 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 oh, I said it right. He punched me in the face. If I ever say the word right, punch me in the face. They have to have this story, don't they? Yes, you would think. But listen, clearly I have demonstrated uh, during the course of this show uh, that I will eat almost anything. Uh, there have been plenty of times I've gone, <laughs> almost. There have been plenty of times I've kale gone, right out. He doesn't do the kale. That's people. true. There have been plenty of times I've been at a restaurant eating a sandwich or something, and I thought to myself, "What kind of mystery meat am I consuming right now?" Because this doesn't seem like the meat that they're claiming is. I've had several Subway tuna fish sandwiches, and I've never had that feeling that okay, this doesn't. It it it, it tastes like tuna. It has the texture of tuna. Now they claim that it's either not tuna. The New York Times claims this, or that it's so heavily processed that they could find any DNA in it. Processed how, though? Space-age polymers? I, I don't know. I wasn't in the lab. I'm wearing a Harley shirt. I'm not wearing a lab coat. I don't know. But I, I, have, you, have you had a Subway tuna fish sandwich? I have had a Subway tuna fish sandwich uh, before, and that's how I got gills. <laughs> Look, I, I've had it. I, did, I didn't question it. Now I question everything. Stories like this ruin franchises. When Chipotle had those issues with E. coli and things with the lettuce and everything else, it damaged the daylights out of them. On a personal level, I didn't go to a Chipotle for like six years. Whenever that story broke, until actually three months ago, I had not gotten to a Chipotle in that time, I was like, absolutely not. No way. I figured by now they got their act together and, and the Chipotle was good, right? They do, they make a good product, they do a good job. This causes damage. And it causes damage to a company that, listen, we've documented several times how restaurants and bars uh, had have struggled throughout the pandemic. Subway was hit particularly hard. In 2020, they closed over 2,200 subways. They have been struggling. 10% of the subways uh, in the world closed last year. So they don't need any more bad press. They're already struggling. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out if Subway immediately files a lawsuit and, and uh, you know, provides proof that there is tuna in their sandwiches or if they don't say anything. That'll be damning. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yeah. If you say something, you got to be able to really prove it. If you don't say anything, you're basically admitting by the silence in the court of public opinion. People will think your sandwich is made of Soylent Green. Oh, that's just creepy. Now people are going to have to look up Soylent Green. <laughs> you know, go to your IMDB and get back to us. I figured the only way to follow up this story is with bourbon praline pecan ice cream from haagen -Dazs. This is a sorbet? Uh, it, 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 it is not. Oh. So haagen has a line of, of spirits. Uh, I guess it's a line of spirits ice cream. And so we found this uh, bourbon praline, praline, praline pecan there you go. Uh, ice cream. Uh, it, it, it is a pint. And uh, there are two and a half servings in the pint, fingers wide. Sure. Exactly. I look at that pint and think, oh, there's two and a half servings. More like I'll eat that in two and a half minutes. 380 calories per serving, 21 grams of fat. Uh, you've got 85 <laughs> milligrams of cholesterol, uh -huh. 42 uh, carbs, and oddly enough, no dietary fiber. 
Oh, I am shocked. Forty grams of of uh, sugar right there is is what's going on, including thirty four grams of added sugar, but five grams of protein. So it's it's health food. Figured this was a way to mix uh, to to change things up. Uh, I am. Look, I know my own problems with, with eating, and I do, when I have ice cream, uh, if, if I want it, I'll grab for things like Halo Top, which is a low-carb uh, ice cream. I know it's not the same. But when I'm grabbing for ice cream, the, the real stuff, although I will admit, uh, when in my trip to, to Arizona, the whole family stopped at Dairy Queen, mm. I had a blizzard, and it was freaking sensational. Mm-hmm. Sensational. It's not ice cream, though. It's not? A blizzard? Ah, for me it is. Okay. Uh, I'm, but I'm usually grabbing for gelato. Custard or gelato is usually the way I go. But this sounded good. It had the bourbon in it. We're going to give this a go right here. Fingers below. You're going to do first or you want me to do first? Uh, you go first. I'll go first. It's a little melted right here. A bit of a summer day in central Indiana. Here we go. There you go. He's doing the Kentucky chew. What? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Are you getting the Ooh. bourbon? Oh, you're definitely getting the bourbon. You're definitely getting the praline. Um, the vanilla is not totally working for me on this because it's a vanilla-based uh, ice cream. But no, this is good. This is definitely good. Fingers Malloy going in for some right there. The bourbon hits first, and then you chew on 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 the praline on the nut. Oh, right that's there. that's very good. Mm. Now, but it's Hagen Dazs. So how much was this? Nine thousand dollars. <laughs> Oddly enough, sorry Hagen Dazs. Found it on sale for a buck fifty. Get out of here! At a buck fifty, you buy everything you possibly can. No, it's good. It's 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 not overwhelming on the bourbon. It's 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 not an overly sweet either. Those pralines definitely uh, kick in uh, to it right there. This, if I added the horse soldier to it to make a milkshake, this would be Ooh. tremendous as a milkshake. I will admit, I prefer milkshakes and things like that over anything. I just love the texture. I just love how, how easily that goes down. It works, well, works for me. You're definitely going to uh, taste bourbon if you add uh, 110 proof bourbon <laughs> in your milkshake with this. I, listen, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. That's pretty good right there. Uh, you might want to give this a try. I got to see if they have others. I got to see if they have uh, um, other kind of flavors. Like a White Claw? Try. Yes. I want Haagen-Dazs White Claw, <laughs> which would pretty much just taste like Haagen-Dazs. I got to assume this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything we do at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast or follow or like it, whatever they say to do. It's free, and you're going to love it and share it with friends. So many people have been downloading it. We greatly appreciate it. If you're already listening to the podcast, good on you. If not, grab the podcast. If you're just listening to the radio show, we would love you for it. The Horse Soldier Barrel Strength Reserve 111 Proof and Fingers Malloy. I think you're almost done. I think I think I think you have a hit completion. No, there. I I am not even close to being done because I see there's almost a full bottle right there on oh, the table. Oh, my mistake! My mistake! I was talking about what's in front of you. Oh, you're planning for the future. Yes, that's the kind of person you are. Definitely that bit of oak. You, I, there's an orchard feel uh, going on there with some of that uh, cherry, a uh, bit of maybe uh, an apple, if you want to call it that. Definitely, as we said, uh, that that oak happening there. 
big, big bourbon. I needed to bring it to a cube to bring down some of that spice, some of that heat, real heat, hot heat that was happening there. And when I talk about spice, that's what I meant. Uh, did you? Did you move? No, you did not. Oh, no, I put it. I did put. Oh, you did put a cube in it. I there. did put a cube in it, and it did take away uh, some of that sting. I didn't have the burning in the chest that you had, but there was definitely a sting that really took over the entire tongue. You know, sometimes we talk about, oh, it hits you in the back of the tongue, hits you in the, the, the front of the tongue. This was a full tongue sting from the horse soldier. Uh, this is quite a pairing between the ice cream. <laughs> And the bourbon and the cigar. It's a festival of flavor, Tony. The Jaime Garcia Reserve Especial, Connecticut. Not the Connecticut Broadleaf, uh, the, the, the Connecticut uh, wrapper right here. I'm only into the, the second, third here. It's burning right. It's smoking right. It's been a very enjoyable cigar, especially at that 7 to $8 a stick. It really does work all weather. It actually is a, a fine bit of pear with the bourbon at $86 a bottle. You got to ask yourself if it's in your liquor cabinet. I do have, this is my personal bottle. This is in my liquor cabinet. It's just, it's, I, I drink it sparingly. It's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. Now you put a full cube in it as well. How has that treated you now that the cube is, I mean, we're out here on a, a nice summer day. So that cube melted relatively quickly. Uh, how is it treating you? Uh, it's, it's bigger than I like to go. This is, this is a very slow sip for me. This could last me all night. I mean, when I say all night, this could last me a good three hours. Little sips here and there, really kind of taking it in, seeing all the flavors that can come out of it. I'm, I've never been a fast drinker. I'm never quick uh, to going down that road. But I, I, I think that there's, there's a lot happening. It's bigger than I like to go, but I can appreciate what it is they're doing. Check it out for yourself. Horse Soldier, the barrel strength. It is time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Speaking of enjoying things for three hours, Tony. Well, I don't mean to brag. See, softball. Uh, AMC. We've talked about AMC quite a bit. The movie theater chains. Yes. We've talked about them quite a bit recently. Uh, they have a new promotion, and it is unlimited refills of popcorn. Now, wait, that's solely for something called Cinema Week, which we're actually in the middle of. Yes. And they want people to get back to uh, going to the movie theater. So they've said any any size, right? Yes, any size. The promotion started uh, June 22nd and runs through Wednesday, June 30th. I think this is great because we talked about this uh, you know, during the pandemic. We wondered because the American people had changed their entertainment habits, obviously, because movie theaters were, were closing and you know they, they couldn't go to the movies. We wondered if movie theaters were going to open up and if they were going to thrive. And so far, we're hearing a lot of good news, you know, as the movie theaters open up, that people are going back to the movies. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is a great promotion. Unlimited popcorn. Uh, I, do you, I, listen, I go, I get the tub, just for myself, the big tub. Do you, this, this may surprise you. <laughs> how, <laughs> fingers Malloy, are you still alive? You could do a whole large tub yep, yourself. Yep, a whole large tub by myself. I finance it over 30 years. <laughs> Extra butter, extra salt, and stop, stop what you're saying. I want. Let's go back. Do you actually ask the person on the other side of the counter for extra salt in your popcorn? Well, they a lot of movie theaters they won't salt the popcorn properly. So what I will do is I'll say extra butter, extra salt. So 
I will stop them. They'll, they'll fill the tub halfway and then they'll put the butter in. And then I'll ask them to get the bucket and I'll grab the bucket. I'll walk over to the salt uh, table. I'll fill the bucket with salt and Wait. then hand it back to them and they fill it up uh, the rest of the way. What salt table? What are you talking about? The salt table. What are <laughs> you've never your movie? My local movie theater has a little popcorn condiment table where they have just the regular movie theater salt, and then they've got all these like flavored salts, like oh caramel. No, they don't. You're ca- it caramel up. sprinkle salt, like and, Himalayan sea salt and stuff like not that. that. Matcha salt, more like just the the popcorn seasoning, like a caramel popcorn seasoning or I don't really pay attention, but there's like three or four different ones. I just grabbed the movie theater salt, which is very fine compared to normal table salt. And you salt the popcorn with the extra butter halfway through and hand it back to them. Sure. And they don't. That's how COVID started. That, I, that is absolutely not hygienic. I, I, I recognize I have a problem, Tony. There are times I've done this before, like for the Super Bowl. Where I will, oh, the big game. Uh, where I <laughs> don't want to get sued. Right. I've gone to the movie theater just for popcorn for the big game. I'll walk in, walk right to the concession stand, grab my big tub of popcorn with extra butter, extra salt, and then not see a movie. Just walk right back out, get in my car, drive home, and then I have movie theater popcorn for the big game. Let's take a step back. <laughs> Halfway through getting your popcorn, which they've already added the extra butter to, you say, no, wait. Hold on. Mm-hmm. You take the popcorn. Yes. You add extra salt. Yes. Do you then shake it a little bit? Of course. Then you give it back and say, more. Yes. And then they fill the rest with popcorn. They add more butter? Yes. And of course, you have to to do this properly. You know how when you go to a wing place like Hooters or no, I don't. Wild Wings, they'll put the wings in the bowl and they'll spin the wings. You know, they'll flip them to make sure that the sauce is evenly distributed on the wing. That's key to perfect movie popcorn, Tony. You get the, the bucket half full. You, they've already put the butter in. Then you add the salt, and then you do the popcorn spin, where you, f- you flip it up in the air. Where you, you got, it, it's a tough technique to, to, to uh, get down nail. You nail it down, because you don't want to spill any of the popcorn, because they, they won't want to fill up your bucket. So you, you flip it just enough to where... The corn will turn over. You add a little bit more salt, then you hand it back to the nice teenager and say, fill me up. And then they fill it up, more butter, and then you go back and you add more salt on the top. Wow. First, I have never, ever seen the salt condiment bar (laughs) at the movie theater. Secondly, you've got a real problem. For the first time ever, I mean, I've always this, marveled at what you eat. I'm actually worried. This is the breaking point. Not the, the Do we have kids. a reserve host ready to go <laughs> just in case? My, my three donut liter of Pepsi breakfast with the uh, Diet bag Pepsi, of, oh, please. Yeah, Let's Diet give you the Pepsi. credit where it's due. Uh, the Fritos with the pecan rolls, those weren't, uh, that wasn't the breaking point. It was the movie theater popcorn that you're like, okay, that's too much. The extra salt <laughs> that you have a methodology and that they hand it to you and you can hand it back and then they put it in and then they add more. Po- well, this was pre-COVID. I don't know if they'll still do that, but listen, I'll let's tell you, hope. No, here's a fun little game we can do. I will get uh, blood work done here in the next month, month and a half, <laughs> and I'll bring it to the show. We'll each get blood work. You can choose. Is it fingers or is it Tony? <laughs> Who will die first? 
Man, this show got morbid quick. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, 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 I had never even thought about it. Now, I have, in a restaurant before, eaten a steak and said, you know what, I'm still hungry. Order another steak. Well, sure. The first time I ever heard that, my father told me that story about a friend of his who did that. I'm like, you know what, that's, that, absolutely. I can see, order another steak if you want. I get it. Stopping the people. No, no, I have a system. <laughs> my system for popcorn is exquisite. I don't know what that accent came from at all. I was trying to go for German scientist and failed miserably. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Did you know Audible isn't just for audiobooks? They have podcasts too. And you guessed it, Eat, Drink, Smoke is now on Audible. Listen to us there. Eat, Drink, Smoke. You know that it's a summer day and that humidity is growing when that rain just comes out of nowhere. Light rain falling. As we are recording, it's just perfect time to be smoking a cigar and having a bourbon. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. And we have talked cancel culture. And everybody has heard about cancel culture. Oh, you do something wrong. They come after you. Oh, they found a tweet that you put out when you were 13. They look to destroy you. Well, there's a difference between canceling someone and letting them know something that maybe they didn't know. And this is the story of Michael B. Jordan. Not Michael Jordan, not the basketball player who does Sin Coro Tequila. Michael B. Jordan, the actor from the Creed movies, from Black Panther. He has a rum. He has a rum that's called Jouvert. And Jouvert is uh, supposed to uh, be his way of paying homage to uh, the Caribbean. It comes from Trinidad and Tobago. All right, referring uh, to the celebration of emancip- and the emancipation of enslaved people, right? So it's, it's, it's actually like this, I, I didn't know this, this big celebration that takes place in Trinidad and Tobago. And some people have reached out to him and said, hey, man, you may not know this, but it's more than just the idea of a celebration. This, this is... The name you're using is really about slavery, and you might want uh, uh, to, to know where this is. Uh, it, it, as Nicki Minaj pointed it out, Nicki Minaj, it talks about when slaves were forced to harvest a, a, a remaining crop before a destruction of a fire that, that went through. And it really has this uglier kind of connotation and he said oh that's not what i thought it meant at all okay i'll change the name of the rum now in some people's view this is cancel culture and oh why can't people just name things what they want i don't think there's anything wrong with someone saying hey you know this means that and they could go wait i thought it meant this and you'd be like no actually here's the history and it means that and they can go well okay i learned something I don't want to be associated with that. I thought I was associated with something else. I'll find a better name for it. That is so rational to me. And one of the great things that's so missing in society, I actually love this story. It's so refreshing that this was handled in an adult manner because too often what we see on social media is a childish, angry campaign to not recognize uh, you know, in say in a situation like this, that there was no harm uh, intended by using this name, right? And uh, you know, Nicki Minaj 
reached out and educated Michael Jordan on this and said, you may not want to use this name. And the decision was made to change it. And it was all handled in a very adult manner. It was nice to see. Now, Nicki Minaj had actually uh, utilized somebody else's piece or somebody else's quote about this. And unfortunately, that person said, the ignorance is real. History lesson, y'all. It's... Nobody was purposely trying to hurt anybody. So you don't have to call it ignorance. It's simply, hey, here's a history lesson. Or, hey, maybe you didn't know. Here you go. That's how rational people do things. You don't have to attack. You don't have to, to ruin people. All you have to do is engage in a, in, a, in a normal way, like a normal person. Now, I will admit, I actually hate the term educate. You need to educate yourself. Y'all, you need to get educated. I find that to be very, and when it hits my ear, it's, it's very demeaning. I have come to learn that I don't think people mean it that way when they say it. It's just different than how I would do it. Now, maybe they do mean to be insulting, and I'm giving people too much credit. Right. Uh, but I, wanna, I, I want to, for the best, to the best of my ability, give people the benefit of the doubt. You should, the whole concept of learning is you, you do something you, you, you think you haven't understood and someone says, well, no, and here's why. And you're like, okay, that's the better idea. This is what happens. And this is the importance of what often gets referred to as a classic liberal society. Don't think of liberal like conservative liberal, but rather classic liberalism is this, this idea of civility where you're allowed to put ideas into the sphere, right? You put an idea out there and you don't lose your job or your livelihood or your life you don't get attacked for it or ridiculed for it. It just gets discussed and debated. That's the kind of society that you want, that people can say things and you can agree or disagree and then you can learn something and then you might change your mind or you might actually strengthen your position based on what you've learned. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds because, look, it's quite a financial commitment <laughs> to start your own company and you know, produce a product like this. And I'm, I'm a little surprised that there wasn't a little more research done behind the name to see if it was may, maybe offensive to some people. Uh, but if you put a lot of time and effort and money into marketing a product with a certain name and then on a dime change it, first of all, that's a, a I'm guessing it will be a significant financial hit to, to, to do that. But how will that hurt? Well, will this story end up helping sales because you know he he ended up voluntarily changing the name and it gets the the, the product I out assume. there i gotta assume uh and 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 actually nikki ended the post with um uh, where 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 is it i i don't i'm sure mbj meaning michael b jordan didn't intentionally do anything he thought caribbean people would find offensive but now that you are aware change the name and continue to flourish and prosper Michael B. Jordan responds by saying, I just want to say on behalf of myself and my partners, our intention was never to offend or hurt a culture we love and respect and hope to celebrate and shine a positive light on. The last few days have been a lot of listening, a lot of learning and engaging in countless community conversations. We hear you, I hear you, and want to be clear that we are in the process of renaming. We sincerely apologize and look forward to introducing a brand we can all be proud of. Adults doing adult things. Yep. I don't even know if he necessarily had to apologize. Do like, hey, thanks. We're going to change the name. Really appreciate you sharing. 
I don't know if he necessarily had to apologize, but I think that's what people do uh, these, these days, right or wrong. Especially when you're in business. Right? But this, is, this, this was all well handled, smartly handled. And I, I want to use this as a way of reminding people, this, this is how it's supposed to work. Now, one could ask the question, do some people get a chance to, to redo or given the benefit of the doubt because of certain friendships, relationships, uh, aspects of certain communities? That, that, I think that's a, a, I mean, that's a heavy question, right? But it is, I, if I say right again, punch me in the face. <laughs> I, oh, I got to stop saying. I say right sometimes when I'm trying to make a point. And I don't know when it started, but I'm trying very hard to stop it. So I'm asking you to tell me to stop it. Just send me a message, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke, and just punch me in the face if you would. That, would. that would be great. Not when you see me. When you see me, give me a hug or a cigar or cash. That's, that's what you do there. It just, you see this and you say to yourself, we are capable of doing this exact thing on all things. If social media acted like this, it wouldn't be the red hot dumpster fire that it is. I'd spend more time there because it would be fascinating and interesting and worthy. And right now it's not. This gives me hope. It is a cesspool. And by the way, follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash go eat, drink, smoke. That is where to follow on Facebook. Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. We've been doing some cigar reviews there and putting a, a lot more out there. The Horse Soldier Barrel Strength. It's big. It is big, but Fingers is in love. And Oh, no, he's done. He's done. He's finished. He's good. He'll be going on to his fourth. I still got, oh, here, here, here we go. Are you, oh, oh you, still, you did have some left. You don't have to, de- wow, he just did that. He just did it. Might as well give you a crazy straw <laughs> next time. And the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial, the Connecticut, not the Connecticut Broadleaf, the Connecticut, 7 to $8 a stick. I'm just giving it a slight touch-up just because I've been talking right here. It has kept the burn. The construction has been excellent. The draw has been easy. 7 to $8, a few of these in your humidor for when a couple people come over unexpectedly and everyone just wants to have a cigar. You're doing yard work. This will work for the golf course. You're not going to go wrong. Make sure you, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, it is free. Apple Podcasts or uh, Amazon Music. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>